5. We're going to read just one verse here. Daniel chapter 5 says this. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. The thought we have today is the writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. We see here uh, in this book a story about Daniel. And as we get into this chapter here, Daniel's already been carried away to Babylon uh, along with uh, the other Israelites. And uh, they've been carried there from Jerusalem because of their disobedience to God, because of their lack of faith in Him. And Jeremiah had correctly predicted that if they did not repent of their sin, that they would be carried away. And they did not. They did not turn from their wicked ways. And judgment came. God's judgment came upon Israel and Daniel, along with other young Hebrew children that we read about, and along with many others, uh, judgment came upon them. And they were taken to Babylon. And we see that uh, Nebuchadnezzar at the time was ruling over Babylon. And uh, Daniel, uh, as a young man, was chosen, actually, uh, to be a a part of a a group, if you will, uh, that could could serve Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, being a a prophet, uh, he kind of become a, a friend, if you will, to the... Uh, to the royal family. But things happen, of course, and, and great things happen to Daniel, and, and he was able to continue serving God, even though there were decrees made. If you remember, he continued serving God. But when we go into the fifth chapter here, he's uh, all but forgotten, it seems. And now Nebuchadnezzar has died, and now we see his grandson, Belshazzar, has become king. We see Belshazzar as a a young man, now ruler over Babylon. We see him as being rich. We see him as being powerful. But some other things that Belshazzar is, he's egotistical. He's self-centered. You know, the Bible teaches us that God hates pride. There's many scripture. God's been having a study about that recently. About pride. And how it can be the fall of man. It can be the fall of you individually. We see Belshazzar here as a self-centered person who's got a lot of pride in his life. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus said this. He said, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Those who want to bring themselves up, God will bring you down. God will bring you down. Now Belshazzar at this point had won uh, several military victories and so he decided he wanted to celebrate. And he decided he wanted to have like one of the greatest celebrations ever in Babylon's history. Because he invited, I think it says in the scriptures, you can read it there in the chapter, but a thousand lords 
He brought those that were leaders. He brought those folks in. And I'm sure all their families to, to go along with them. He brought concubines in. He brought those that he know. Friends. Probably many rich friends he brought into this feast that he was going to have. And he thought, I'm going to celebrate myself. That's what he really wanted to do is celebrate himself. And what he had accomplished. We read over in the, uh, in the Gospels about Jesus telling the story about a rich man. And the rich man uh, said, well, he said, the harvest has been great. And he said, I don't even have any room to put all of it. He said, so I'm going to tear down the barns that I have and I'm going to build greater barns. God forbid he think about giving some of that excess to other people. Think about giving, sharing that to those that may be in need. That may be less fortunate. He had already become rich. Now he's becoming richer. And he said, I'll just build greater barns to put all this stuff in. And he said, I'm going to say to my soul, so take ease. Just kick back and relax. Drink and be merry. That's what the egotistical, the prideful person said to his soul. God said, you'll be abased. I'm going to bring you down. Because God told that rich man, you fool, this night shall thy soul be required of you. You can make all the plans you want to make. You can hoard up all that you want to hoard up. But at the end of it, it says it's a point unto man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. We're in a preparatory time right now. It's not for us to be boastful and prideful. and It's time for us to be obedient to the Spirit of God and His will. It's time for us to be the witness that God would have us to be. It's time for us not to put things away, but to shine our light to those that are in darkness. To show the love of God to others. That's what God's intention are for His children and for His church. That we could shine out. Get back to Belshazzar. We see that uh, the, the feast began and, and there's dancing and there's singing, there's playing of music and, and they're drinking and they're eating and, and doing all these things. And got to a point in the party, if you will. He said, uh, start bringing out the vessels that we took from the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple of God. And now he's just being wickedly cruel against the vessels that were holy vessels of God. He said, bring those in. Let's fill them with liquor and alcohol and we're going to drink from those things. Hmm. Belshazzar was living it up, wasn't he? Well, he thought he was. Thought he was having a good time. It says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Just for a little while. And it also says in the Scriptures that the wages of sin is death. There's a penalty for sin. Belshazzar was, boy, he was pushing the envelope, so to speak. When is it God's going to say enough is enough? Well, He's about to tell Belshazzar enough is enough. When is He going to tell us enough is enough? When is He going to tell this nation enough is enough? When is He going to tell the world 
That enough is enough is enough is enough. One day it's going to come. His judgment will come. He'll come back for the church as He's promised. Those that have made preparation will be called away into a glorious home. Those that do not know Him, He'll say, turn away from me. I never knew you. Judgment is coming. There's a day when God's going to say enough is enough. Belshazzar was drinking it up, drinking out of those holy vessels. And just one more thing to make it maybe just a little worse. He began praising, it said, the gods of gold and the gods of silver and the gods of wood and the gods of iron. Start praising all these gods. Don't even say he's praising the God of Israel that provided the vessels for them. Not that it would have mattered when I mean, he's praising all the other gods. It says in the scriptures, God's a jealous God. Meaning he wants you and he wants you completely and fully. If you're a child of God, when He saved you, He saved you completely. He didn't save your arm. He saved you whole, or you're not saved at all. And it would be nobody's fault but your own. It's whether we have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. If we come to God that way, He said, I'll no wise cast you out. He said, He'd forgive you. He'd save you. Belshazzar was just flaunting his power and his wealth and all these things in the face of God. It says in the Scriptures, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You're going to reap what you sow. What are you sowing in today's world? We can read in this story, we know what Belshazzar is sowing. He's sowing wickedness. He's sowing self-centeredness. What about you? What are you sowing in your life? Just remember, whatever you're sowing, you're going to reap one day. God got to the point where he said, Belshazzar, enough is enough. You better watch out. It said in the middle of this banquet that they were having, they began seeing a, a part of a hand, an armless hand, come and begin writing on the wall. Can you imagine that? Now, now we're in the house of God, and we've been focused on God with testimonies and songs and, and prayer. And I, don't, I don't know about you all, but I mean, if I've seen a physical hand just began writing on the wall. That scared me to death. I began to wonder, what am I seeing here? Or am I seeing things? But they were drinking and dancing and singing and living it up or so they thought. Well, Shadrach was having the time of his life. He sees a hand begin writing on the wall. Wonder how the mood changed. It changed. We find out later he was white and pale. It says that he was so filled with fear that his knees were knocking. He was trembling. The mood changed. When God has his son step out on the clouds of glory, 
There's going to be singing. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be pra- there's going to be those that are drinking from what's supposed to be holy vessels. There's going to be wickedness. There's going to be sin. There's going to be all these things that's going on in the world. And then the mood's going to change because the handwriting will be on the wall. God's son just came back. I'm glad I won't be here to experience all those things that's going to take place after that. The stories that's going to be told. The lies that are going to be told. The things that will be made up. There will be a certain group that's heard the Word of God but never accepted Christ. I believe reality is going to start setting in for them. They're going to realize the writings on the wall. This writing here... The things that happened during this banquet, it changed the mood totally and completely. So Belshazzar said, okay, let's go get our astrologers and all the, the, those that have wisdom and, and the uh, magicians. Let's get them all. Let's bring them all in here and let them read this and interpret what this thing says. And he did that. He brought them all in. Well, what, is this, what does this mean? What's this writing say? They didn't know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but God's infinite wisdom, it confounds me. His infinite love confounds me. It's hard to make sense of it sometimes. It really does. That God can love us so much that He gave His Son to die on the cross of Calvary. So that those that are sinners like you and me, could have salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that God could have fellowship with us. That confounds me. These astrologers and so forth, they were confounded with what they were seeing and what they were reading. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't interpret it. They couldn't read it. Then the queen stepped in and said, Oh, I remember somebody. That's a prophet. And his name's Daniel. She went and she brought Daniel in. I thought it was interesting what Daniel had told Belshazzar. But, but as Daniel had come in there, Belshazzar said, listen, I'm going to give you, I'll put a gold chain around your neck and I'm going to give you these gifts. If you can interpret this, and I'll make you the third in line to ruling this kingdom. And Daniel said, I, I don't need your gifts. You can keep your gifts if you want them. But he said this, he said, I, 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 he didn't say it in the, in the scripture here, but I, I believe Daniel looked at that writing and he recognized his father's handwriting. He looked at that and he realized it was God the Creator, his Father in heaven, that wrote this. Oh, I can interpret this for you because this is my father's handwriting. I recognize it. Do you recognize the father's handwriting today? Messages that he's given you and sending to you. Do you recognize his writing? I believe God speaks to us. Through his word for sure, this is him speaking to us. I recognize the handwriting. It could be just a one-on-one when we're meditating on the Lord. It could be when we're in prayer. It could be a multitude of ways that God can speak to us. They can give us messages. Daniel said this to Belshazzar. He said, oh Belshazzar, you've not humbled your heart. 
But instead, you've lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. So you brought these vessels of the house, the temple he's referring to. And thou and the lords and the wives and the concubines. And you've drunk from them. From these holy vessels. Said you praise these gods of silver, gold, wood, iron. He said, This is what the writing says. Meeny, meeny, tickle you farson. So that's the writing. Daniel said, This is the interpretation of it. He said, Meaning is God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Belshazzar, God is writing a letter to you to tell you you're done. This is the last day you have on earth. Tekel, he said, you've been weighed in the balances of God and found wanting. He says, Purs, thy kingdom is divided and given into the Medes and the Persians. And sure enough, the enemy slipped in that very night and took the life of Belshazzar. The writing was on the wall. Daniel told him what the writing meant. And it was true. It was a true saying. It wasn't some story or some myth. It was a message from God directly to Belshazzar. You're done. Enough is enough. Now you've heard the saying. The writing is on the wall. That's where this had come from, from this story. You probably used it. What it really means is that there's clear signs that a situation is going to become very difficult or unpleasant. Writing is on the wall. Church, I believe the writing is on the wall that God is going to say enough is enough is enough. When you think about the way this world is filled with sin, it's filled with adultery and fornication and pornography and drug abuse and alcoholism and prostitution and bigotry and hate and killing and all of these things, all kinds of wickedness that's in the world today. One day God's going to say enough is enough. And the writing, I believe, is on the wall right now. don't know when that day is but I believe the writing's on the wall judgment is coming and you may be here today sinner lost and undone now here's the hope we have the only hope we have is in God it's not in that world I just described the only hope we have is in God Almighty I read this week somebody said God remembers to forget. God remembers to forget. Because it says in the Scriptures, if we come to Him, if we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, He cast all of our sin as far as the east is from the west to remember them no more. And to the sea of forgetfulness, they're gone. They're gone. So there's hope. If you're here without Christ, there's hope for you. You can come to God. Receive Christ into your life as Savior. Your sins will be forgotten. You'll be set free from the bondage of, of the old devil. 
You'll be set on solid foundation. You'll be given a path. God will light the way for you that you can make it to heaven one of these days. That's what He's done for me. And I'm nothing in this world. I'm really not. I'm just another sinner. But I've been saved by the grace of God. And I know what He can do. What He does for me, He can do for you. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're here. You're a child of God, but sin has crept back into your life. Now it says in the Scripture to sin not. I believe that should be our watermark, right? That's what we should be aiming for. That we sin not. That says if we falter, if we fail, if we commit a sin, we do have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. But the Scripture also says we've got to take in the whole Scripture. We can't take in part of it. We've got to take in the whole Word of God. It also says in there, be sure your sin will find you out. God knows what's in our heart, what's in our life. He knows our struggles. We struggle. I'm sure we all struggle from time to time. You may be going through a struggle right now. And God knows and God will help you. If you're in that situation, you ought to come to Him as well. We need the brightest lights that we can have in the schools, in the workplaces, in the manufacturing plants, in, in the grocery stores. We need the brightest light that there can be to shine out to those that are lost and undone. Because the writing's on the wall. God's judgment is coming. Amen. There should be an urgency to the church. There really should be. It's not too late if you're here today. Daniel went on one more. He said, Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. That's what he told Belshazzar. You're weighed in the balances and found wanting. Scripture says this over 1 Samuel, Talk no more so exceedingly proudly, talking about pride, let not arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. We're weighed in the balance. There's scales. There's God's scales. And we're being weighed in the balance. And you may be thinking, well, what's on the other side of the scales? If we're on one side of the scales, then, Pastor, what's on the other side of the scales that we're being weighed against? I don't know that I can give a completely clear answer, but I'll give you my, my answer. What was it Jesus said when they was asking Him about the commandments and what the greatest command and all these things was? Jesus said this. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. He said, this is the first commandment. He said, love the Lord God with your whole being. I think that's one part of the scales. He said, the second is likened unto this, love thy neighbor as thyself. So on one side is you. Is me. On the other side is what Christ has commanded us to do. To love the Lord thy God with our whole being. If you've done that, that means you've been saved. That you're a child of God. But what about loving thy neighbors thyself? Have you shown the love of God? The love that God's shown you, are you showing it to others? Being weighed in the balances. It says our actions will be weighed. If you want to look at it one other way, you could say we're on one side of the scales 
And it's Jesus Christ on the other. It's like, Pastor, I'm no comparison to Christ. We don't have to be exactly like Christ. We are to be Christ-like. Nobody's, there's not another Jesus. There's not another Christ. There's not another Messiah. Not another, another Savior. There's only one Jesus Christ who was sinless in this world. No gal found in his mouth. The only sinless Lamb of God that was given for your sins and mine. And we don't have to be a Jesus Christ because there's only one anyway. We're to be Christ-like. Being weighed in the balance. What are the scales telling you? What is the handwriting saying to you today? 